Stokes on parry were like 232, 33, 34, 35, 36. This is counting. Intr- uh, podcasts in. Something I've like that. run out of intro ideas officially. We need to get a whiteboard in here. We need to brainstorm. We need to get something together. I expect that you spend the whole week coming up with a new intro, but that is not the case, Matthew. What have you been doing? Slacking, apparently. Not playing many video games either. But let's get into it. It's Tom and Matt Attack. See, mark of a professional, Tom yep. Parry. I could even swerve that train wreck of an introduction into I something. I think that is the first time you've just given up and not ever done an intro. <laughs> Probably. I think that, yeah, you're usually on the mark with that. I usually am. Well, to be and fair, if you're right, not, I am, but I, I couldn't be bothered, so I can't talk. Oh, God. What does that <laughs> say for the future of Tom Matt Attack? Oh, no. no. To, be, to, to be fair... It's because I haven't had much chance to play video games this week. I think the one I have played the most is Ghosts of Tsushima. Yeah. But again, I don't really think that we should talk about Ghosts of Tsushima for like the, the third consecutive no. podcast. I mean, it's not Yakuza or Shenmue 3. No, so, certainly not. Yeah. It's Do not you remember brand. when, going back to the topic of intros, remember we did that one with Choo Choo Choo? Come on and do yes. the podcast. Remember yes, that one? I do. And I, I feel do. like we did that twice, maybe. Not Probably. so long ago. Did I repeat that again? You might have. I'm not sure. <laughs> to be honest, I can't remember. I, I like the I... musical intros. They're good. We should check the Tom and Matt wiki. Yeah. Clearly, someone's put together for us. <laughs> no, nobody's been documenting what we've been saying in any of these podcasts, have they? No one's that interested. <laughs> I don't think so. But hey, How many so people goes. do document uh, podcasts that thoroughly, though? I mean, I think you've got to be a podcast with a good several hundred yeah. thousand listeners. You've got to be um, Ricky Gervais, haven't you? And you've got to be like... Ricky Gervais. You've got to be like um, <laughs> video game in space. You've got to be like IGN or Giant Bomb or Polygon or one of these bigger sites or maybe Kotaku, like where mm. where people will hold you to account in the comments over your opinions on Absolutely. Shenmue 3. So we can else. say whatever we want, like we really. I mean, and people yeah, won't could. remember what we said. Uh, I don't know, hundred episodes ago. I mean, lots of Shenmue fans haven't tried to like hunt me down for continuously saying Yakuza is a better series, but you know. Oh well, I was just playing Yakuza this morning, Matthew. Good. How did you? <laughs> Let's get into that right away. Uh, How's that? Yeah, gone? well, not much to say really, because I just finished off Chapter Four, which is Majima, the second of yeah. Majima's chapters. Um, now it's back to Kiryu uh, again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great. Uh, I mean, more and more, I feel like the game is an interactive movie. That's what I keep coming back to. It's so uh, cinematic, isn't it? The scenes have so much tension. The particular part I'm up to uh, was uh, genius, I thought. It was a great little little situation that Majima found himself in at the end of his second chapter. Yeah. I don't know I if you recall quite... that. or I what... can't quite remember because, to be honest with you, I was trying to ask... I was trying to tease some details out of you last time of where you were because I couldn't well, remember when the best moment in any video game happens. Are we going to do a, a spoiler warning? Ooh, I mean, ooh. we can do a quick like five minute spoiler warning. Just tell me where you are. Five minute spoiler warning. Uh, so Majima was asked to hunt down this person and kill them and yeah. turns out it wasn't who he thought it was. Oh, okay, you're there. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, I guess, quite early on, but I feel like I have played the game a good like 13 hours so far and... Uh, I do all the side quests, you see. Exactly, that's the thing. You just find yourself wandering around Kramarucho, and that takes up some time when you do that. Yeah, uh, there was an interesting situation no, you... where a girl asked me to get a, a crane toy, and, and Majima was like, oh, what's this? I've never seen one of these before, yet he's just spent a lot of time previously using them. <laughs> Shh. Yeah, yeah. Don't break, don't break the Yakuza fourth wall, Tom. No. Yeah, no, I... That game is solid. I I feel, I feel that we've talked enough about how good Yakuza Zero is that anyone 
on the fence listening to this podcast is probably just like, all right, I'll buy you a zero. Even if I like it, it's saying something because I'm not someone who normally plays a lot of um, games heavy on cutscenes. I do like my gameplay. You know, I do yes, like to get stuck do. in there, uh, but Yakuza does let you get stuck in there. So, yeah, the fighting I, is that satisfying. Yeah, well, we've said that a million times, so let's not repeat ourselves. Let's just talk yeah. about the situation that we find ourselves in with Majima, and that last chapter ends with him having to make a very difficult decision. We and don't find ends, out what decision he makes. I was going to say it ends on a cliffhanger from what. And I then you go back well. to Kiryu, which is like. Oh, so I've got to play. I don't know how many more hours till I find out what's happening with Majima. I think I think the the chapters start to come pretty thick and fast after this. I think you yeah. get like a now that you're introduced properly to Kiryu and Majima. I think like it's every other chapter will be the other person because I think it's only like twelve chapters. I think there's more than that. that might be wrong. There might be like twenty in that game. I can't. No, remember. I think it's like fourteen or seventeen rings of bell, something like that. Okay, so that maybe seven each, seven chapters each. 14. Maybe. I can't quite remember if I'm being totally honest. Um, but we did say spoilers, so we can go we into a bit more detail here, if you want yeah, to. Yeah. Um, where are you with Kiryu? Like, what, Kiryu? Well, I was just up to the point where it was going to remind me where I was with Kiryu. So I can't honestly right. remember, because I have actually... I've not been playing it as much recently. So Right. Uh, I was where that... Let me just uh, think where I was with him. Did, it wasn't I as think... interesting as what's happening with Majima somehow. He was uh, it was real estate agents and then that guy um, who wanted to work with him and yes. there was a connection to his surrogate father figure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember walking around like the golden guy standing with uh, Nitschke. His friend, and you're out like drinking at the start. Oh, that's the very beginning. Yeah, and then you have you gone to um one of like the Tojo clan's sub headquarters where there's a boss. Yes, I feel like I have. Yeah, I feel like that's how Kiryu's thing ends. Right, is you going to a place? It does end after after a, a big fight. It was the most difficult. Um, Part yes. of Yakuza Zero uh, that I've faced since I nothing like that in Majima's chapters yeah. at all. That was okay. Quite difficult. Had to do that a few times. But then again, you know, I've done the uh, fighting a bit more since. Yeah. So I think perhaps you know, if I had another fight like that, I'd fare a bit better. Yeah, I I think you would. And I yeah. I'm not going to say anything, but yeah, a couple, a couple of more fights like that are going to come up, Tom. Oh, I'm sure they will. I was expecting it at the end of Majima's chapter, but everyone was, like, really easy. Yeah. Majima's second chapter, yeah. No, I, I, I think... I think a lot of the boss fights from what I remember in Kiryu, with Kiryu, there are some with Majima, but, like, the more epic moments of that entire game, I think, sit with Kiryu more than Majima. And like, I... Majima's is a side story as opposed to a... Uh... Big, the biggest story. Yes, kind of. But there's also like this is the thing with Zero, right? Is there's so many. I think there are so many payoffs for Kiryu if you know his relationships with the characters, and perhaps that's why you didn't find it that interesting. Don't get me wrong, like all of the the three Tojo sub bosses that they've probably talked about like the people who are on the tojo clan council who are heads of these small houses mm-hmm. are new characters but like you know if you've played yakuza one who nishiki is you know about oyabun his the boss i can't remember his blinking name because it also sounds like kazuma from what i remember his mm-hmm. surrogate father you know his relationships to these characters and it actually shines kind of a new light on them and then when you play one i think you'd be like Oh, this is interesting. I wonder how your how your relationship to those characters might be different. Yeah, that'd be interesting if I ever get up to played Zero first. <laughs> I will me, finish Zero. Yeah. I will. It's just games yeah. are too long, Matt, in general, I think. No, they are, for sure. I, I mean, the time it takes to play through anything like that. You can watch a movie, in most cases, an hour and a half, two hours, can't you? So. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I watched... Uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug it here. I watched the entirety of that new Netflix anime series um, uh, called The Great Pretender. Yeah, thanks from, for the recommendation, by the way. I watched the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. good. I, I liked what I saw, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to give anything away uh, about it, but it's, it's it's a very good anime. It, it looks beautiful. It's from Studio Lit, I think their names are, the people who did Attack on Titan. Okay, um, yeah, I, I didn't catch who did it, but it, it, the animation style did look familiar to me. The yeah. the animation. But I've never style, watched Attack on Titans. <laughs> no, no, no. I, but to be honest with you, like I think what they're going for is a they're clearly very heavily riffing on Cowboy Bebop in terms of the music and uh, yes, how right, frantic things are. Yeah. But then there's definitely like a 1950s travel poster vibe to hot. Yeah, yeah. The backgrounds are really uh, nice, aren't they? Very unique. I just I kept taking pictures because some of the color compositions are just gorgeous. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's... you can appreciate it from a visual standpoint as well as um, story. <clears throat> and the story is very good. Like mm. it was one of those things where I was like, "Wow, this is this is one of the better animes I've seen for a long, long time." And then so much so that I I started just going through Netflix and like watching an episode of something else yesterday, just like start watching the first like ten minutes of something going. This isn't as good as a great pretender was. Yeah, then, but have you watched Devilman yet? I have not. No. That's that's the one I would recommend. That's uh, start to finish. Um, yeah, I will do. I'd, I'd I recommend that. Half of me kind of wants to go and like. So I over the last couple of years, like obviously I've I've seen Evangelion all the way through now thanks to Netflix. I've seen Yu Yu Hakusho all the way through thanks to Netflix. I watched all of Gundam through dubious means. Um, You're an otaku. I, I well, no, I, it's just like <laughs> I want to. A, I like anime for obvious reasons, but like, I, I kind of goes without saying. But I just also want to see some of these bigger series from start to finish. I mean, the only one I'd ever really seen all the way through was probably Dragon Ball and probably Sailor Moon. But I don't even know if I've seen Sailor Moon all the way through because I don't know. I think there's a lot of Sailor Moon. That's yeah, the exactly. thing with Sailor Moon. You may have seen maybe the beginning. Uh, I don't know how much Sailor Moon you've watched, but from my I... estimation, there's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not sure if... The... I'm not sure how Sailor Moon works. I don't know if it's like a Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT style mm. thing where there are more like series that kind of spin off. Because Gundam does that. Like, well, original have, um... OG Gundam is... Yeah. A, like a 70 episode thing and then there's Gundam Zeta which is better and then there's other series that carry on that story but they aren't that solid arc that's yeah, from the manga Sa- Sa- Sailor Moon I think uh, their daughter from the future appears later on with the pink hair yes yeah and when it gets to that style of Sailor Moon I'm not too sure I don't know like I know Sailor Neptune is a thing, but I don't... Like, for me, there was five Sailor Scouts. I think that's all they ever really showed on Cartoon Network. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But, like, I I would like yeah. to go back and watch some of these, like, seminal anime. Like, I would really like to watch Doraemon. I would like to watch Dr. Slump. And I would like to see these things that I haven't seen mm. that really influence the genre. I've never watched Dr. Slump, but I've read some Dr. Slump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have some Doraemon on a shelf behind me. I'd like to read the manga, but mm. again, I'm at the point where, with Japanese, anytime I'm reading something, it takes a long time. Oh, even though I, yeah, even yeah. though I understand particles, I need to look up kanji, and then I need to kind of make amends with the fact that okay, these two kanji go together, make this da 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 da, and I have to really like pick apart the sentence, and I'm just like, oh, I, I should have just read. Do you know all English. your katakana? Yes, I'm. That's good. Katakana. I I my I know all my katakana. I'm not good with them. Because I find hiragana maybe because I learnt it first, so maybe we we kind of sped through katakana before moving on to particles and you know. Um, that uh, yeah, my katakana isn't that good. I think because a lot of them, well, they're simpler, aren't they? I think they're easier to remember some of the hiragana because there's more going on. But then, of course, with uh, Kanji, there's so much going on that yeah. No, I, I, I'm not, I'm not great with katakana. Like sometimes, the way, because you can use like, a i u e o 
the the bowers you can use them small next to certain yeah yeah i know i know yeah and it's, it, next... it changes the way you say it yeah and like yeah. sometimes that really trips me up like yeah 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 it's it's i've been there i've been doing a lot of speaking practice recently and so saying new girando for oh. new zealand is very hard new girando we it, sound it's good. like what I can I can say that, but like when I have to read Katakana out loud, Kiragana, I'm at the point where I can I can read it quite steadily. Yeah. I I'm not great with my pitch accent stuff yet, but like I can read it quite steadily. Katakana always trips me up, especially um, uh, Ku K and Ta, because they're all very similar shapes, and I yeah. it takes me a second to figure out if it's K or Ku. Yeah. Right, we've gone off on a real tangent. Language, sorry, but of folks. course, when you talk about yakuza, you tend to move into Japanese language and anime. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> they're all tied together, aren't they? <laughs> to to quickly uh, speak a bit more about uh, Japan, I guess hmm. uh, I've been playing some more Ghost of Tsushima. Um, oh yes, yes, I, you are going to talk about it a little, yeah? I'm, just a little. I honestly, I, I don't think it's that good a game is my fear i like listening like us talking about yakuza kind of made me realize and kind of made me start thinking about it because a lot of what i'm doing in ghost of tsushima is repetitive Mm, but it's more of a game game it's a gamey game isn't it where yakuza isn't a game yeah but it's a a gamey game right (laughs) a gamey 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 game but it it has that. It's a bigger world, obviously. It isn't as small and condensed as the world of Kamarucho in Yakuza. So it's a huge, oh. huge place. Yeah, it's not a manageable sandbox, shall we say? It is definitely not a manageable sandbox. I mean, it is literally an island that has been recreated. Mm. In is it like game. Breath of the Wild style? Yes, it size. is. However, Breath of the Wild, I felt that going around that world, there was so much difference mm. in what you were doing and there was so much like nuance of just like not knowing what was going to be around the next corner. Sure. That it, it, it really it, it really contrasts with Ghost of Tsushima very heavily in the fact that I have I'm still within the first act of the game because I've just been like riding around on my horse and Every time I ride around on my horse, there's something to do. It's one of those type of open world games where, like, as soon as you ride with your horse, a question mark comes up on the map, and you're like, "Oh, look, it's a fox shrine. I should go to the fox shrine and follow the fox, and then I'll I'll climb up a side of a wall and I'll press R2 to pay my respects to this fox shrine, and then I'll one of my meters will go up a little bit." And so I've just been doing lots of that, and like every single fight is the same. Uh, I have, you go into a standoff, you hold on triangle, you wait for the guy to swing at you, you slash him, two of his mates run in, you slash them as well, and it looks really cool. Would you not say that Yakuza, the fighting's quite similar? This is what I was about to say, and yeah. I was just like, well, I love Yakuza, I've played through all those games, and the fighting there is exactly the same. <laughs> um, but I think the difference is, for me, and why I... I like Yakuza so much is because as we've said the story is so interesting and so weighty and it feels real and there's so much storytelling chops to it that yeah. it just doesn't have that with Ghost of Tsushima like I, I was listening to um, a podcast the other day and it was just like well it's just it's just samurai tropes it's well I don't think it, you could could you you know movie. the kind of game it is yeah. Now, you either go the Yakuza way and have very little gameplay, or you go the Ghost of Tsushima way and have a lot of gameplay, and maybe then you can't tell the same sort of story, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. I think Yakuza, the way it's set up, lends itself to cinematic storytelling, whereas maybe a game like Ghost of Tsushima doesn't so much. I would agree. And the issue for me there is I I don't know. It just... It, the game that's there, there is a lot of gameplay, but it's hmm. it's not it's not very God, I can't even think of the words of it. It's very light gameplay, you know what I mean? Like there's not a oh, lot yeah. of substance to it. What about is there any puzzles in it? Because some no, strengths no. of 
Oh, right. Strengths of Breath of the Wild, I was going to say, is you've got those very satisfying uh, puzzle parts of it, haven't you? Hmm. Whereas maybe uh, Ghost of Tsushima doesn't focus on that then at all, or... No, not really. Uh, a okay. lot of the... So there are shrines. They're not like the, the Breath of the Wild shrines. There's literally like, you'll go to a place and there will be a Shinto shrine, but like it's fallen into disrepair and so you have to do some climbing and whatever. Uh, but like, Is it a bit Tomb Raider? All... What about Tomb Raider? Is it kind of like that? Because occasionally you'll have, you know, an area where yes, you have to puzzle, think is. a bit logically, spatial awareness puzzle or something. Yes, it is like Tomb Raider. I would say Tomb Raider's got more going on, though. This is just oh, literally wow. climbing. You are you press R2 to get on the rocks, mm. and then you How move does... the D-pad, and then you climb. Like, that's it. Yeah, okay. So even it's not quite as in-depth as... Uncharted can have a little puzzle element to it occasionally, can't it? It can. Can't... Again, like, from what I've seen so far, there are, apparently, at the end of the first act, I will get a grappling hook. And from there, mm. there have been a few shrines where I've gone to, and it's just like, well, you don't have the equipment to do this yet. So I imagine there'll be a bit more. But then I imagine it'll just be swinging rather than climbing. And I, I don't know if that'll kind of substantiate the feeling I'm missing when I'm going through these shrines, but they just don't. Mm. I don't know. It doesn't feel worth it. And to be honest with you, the, the rewards for the shrines are usually a charm or an upgrade that makes you stronger. But to be honest with you, I feel like I'm butchering everyone with very little effort at the moment. Okay. So I don't need to get any more powerful, honestly. Like, I think there's a, a slight balancing issue in the game in the fact that I've gone around and just done a lot of this stuff on the map because that's what I do in open world games. Mm. And it's then making me super powerful, which will probably make the game less fun. I don't know. Yeah. So, what would you say the strength of Ghost of Tsushima is? It the world? That it is the visuals, hundred yeah. percent. I just enjoy wandering around in that world. Yeah. Like, I the combat is. Don't get me wrong. The combat is okay. It's just not. But you do it a lot, and once you've done it a lot, it's not. Yeah, exactly, and it it feels like, unlike Yakuza. When you're when you're fighting in Yakuza, you're in the street. You just beat someone up quickly and then you're yeah, done pretty fast yeah pretty yeah, fast fights it feels it feels so much more drawn out in ghosts yeah. of tsushima and like whenever you're on a road it's kind of it's the same issue i have with judgment actually it's the same there feels like there's too much combat because there's very little else yeah okay world. yeah that can therefore, be a problem can't it yeah. it's like it's like uncharted there's too much combat <laughs> In the first yeah, one, at exactly. least. That's all I can comment on, because that's the only oh, one I've really played. It doesn't get any better, mate. It, it's the same thing. It's just you walk... Like, the gameplay is you walking around getting people over, especially in Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4 has got a bit more going on in terms of, like, climbing and puzzles and stuff, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if a... I could play through all of them now. Really no. There's too many either. games to play. This there is are. where I'm at right now. I, I've got so many games, and I'm finding myself picking up less nowadays. Or being less interested in, in in new games, unless they're you know really something uh, new and unique. But then I felt like that for quite a long while. I mean, I've bought very little new games these last few years. Admittedly, it's because I can I can access things that I'm curious about through the library, so I don't have to pay yeah. forty fifty quid for a game. But I I, I genuinely only picked up I think three new games this year. I want to say uh, probably. Uh, Animal Crossing, Ghost of Tsushima. I think that might be it. Really? A whole year? Honestly, I'm trying. I'm trying to. What about down? That well, this counting downloads. Oh, this is this isn't counting downloads. But to yeah. be honest with you, I I generally haven't bought that many downloadable games. I mean, I've bought a few for the Switch, like Murder by Numbers, but I mean, like full AAA retail games. No. I I didn't buy. A lot of things. I'll pick up Sakura Wars eventually. Um, yeah. I got I got Persona as well. Um, but other than that, like I've not, I've not really bought anything. No. Well, I've I've definitely bought a bit more than you. Then in that in that case. Um, however, I do feel I, I am certainly at a point where uh, I I just can't really. The time I'm dedicating my time to Shenmue Three and Yakuza Zero. 
and occasionally I'll play a throwaway sort of uh, fighting game. Well, I say throwaway. Yeah, I mean that type of. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like you jump in and you jump out. Of yeah, it. yeah. And it's same with as I said the other week, Forza Horizon or something. Uh, just lately, it's been uh, Dead or Alive Extreme Three actually. Every now and again. Okay. Which I picked up through the Hong Kong eShop on the Switch. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So this game, for uh, reasons uh, that I can't quite understand, wasn't released outside of Asia. Yeah. Because it doesn't do anything that's overtly offensive. I mean, yes, sexualizes women, but uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, that like no, no more so than no more so than two, many. Right? Many games, and uh, there's games that sexualize men as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, all the I shirtless characters in Yakuza. Okay, it's overt. It's overt in Dead or Alive, but it's a very I... relaxing game. And to be honest, if you can really get that turned on by that game, I don't know. I, I, I don't particularly. Uh, but uh, I do find it like a, a cool game to chill out with. Yeah, it's nice to look at. I won't say it isn't, but. It's um, it's not um, dirty. No, I, 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 I to be say. fair, I, my understanding of why that probably happened, or like what I'm reading between the lines, is because they toned down a lot of the inverted commas, just jiggle physics, in yeah, yeah, it's Dead not... or Alive Six, in the attempts to make the series more evil-friendly and more something that could become a competitive fighting game. Because don't get me wrong, I really mm. enjoy playing Dead or Alive. I think it is a good fighting game. Yeah. And I think some of that work was probably done because of that. I also believe A, like, um, Koi Temp Tecmo would probably just be like, well, people who want it will import it anyway. We'll do that localization work, at least for English, for the Hong Kong version of the game. And I imagine they probably didn't have to then pay a lot of money to list it on the PSN store to produce physical copies. Maybe the game doesn't. Yeah, they sell just as didn't well. think it like, would it would sell enough. Yeah, I would assume that's why. Hmm. I think there's still an audience for it. I'd say um, if you compare it to some something like that Peach Beach Splash, which uh, I played, which was some sort. Of, isn't that Seren? I can't. Oh, is it, it the Senran Kangura? Yeah, uh, yeah. Games. Now that is overtly uh, sexual, uh, but at the same time, not very sexy. I don't think. I no. think there's uh, it's it's too in your face. Well, I mean, I, when I played Galgan, like when I got that Vita copy of that, like it's not like it wasn't a good game, and like yeah. if if that if that's your thing, I, I don't know. Like it it didn't. I, I don't understand that kind of thing. No. I, 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 I guess you could say that Dead or Alive Extreme 3 is no masterpiece. <laughs> it's, oh no, it's, I'm it's got sure very it little, isn't. it's got very shallow gameplay. Um, maybe this is why, because a lot of it, again, is around you picking up DLC packs, right? I think it can be, it can be. If you want it to, you can earn money in-game. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not going to spend any money on it. Um other than buying the, the the game itself, which you know isn't a cheap game even uh, digitally, no. uh, I, I'm glad that now on eBay, if you want to buy a physical copy, it's about the same price as a digital download of it. Whereas yeah. there was one time when people were selling that game for stupid money, especially I... the PS4 version. I think because it's easier to get the Switch version, yeah, uh, because you can just change your shop that easily. But can yeah. you not do that on the PS4? I think you can, but obviously you need to then buy cards and do other things. And okay. it's easy. It's very on easy on on the Switch to actually purchase games from different uh, yeah, regions. Yeah, I picked up a couple of things from Japan. Yeah, because I can. Um, but yeah, Dead or Alive uh, Three can be as pervy as you want it to be. I suppose I have no interest in the photo mode, which uh, the game introduces to you early on. It says, "Oh, you can you can watch you the can girl photos, relax yeah, and take yeah. photos," and it's like, "Well, no, I'd rather." play the game and what you've got on offer is you've got the volleyball which is still the most interesting thing you can do on the game and that that's what you'd spend most of your time with um and and it's also this relationship thing of getting girls to kind of accept gifts yeah from you um 
which is so that you kind of want to get friendly with all the girls so they'll accept the gifts and wear the swimming costume you want them to wear. Now, this does sound a bit... <laughs> See, now you're unpacking it, Tom Parry. Now it sounds a bit weird. I thought you were just going to say it's gonna, like, oh, well, it's just like a fun party game. And that's... Yeah, I we can't even like... play it multiplayer, which is weird. You used to be able yeah. to play it multiplayer, but the original Dead Alive Extreme you did. Um, but so yeah, it's it... more... Is it still volleyball? Is it's volleyball. Like... It's uh, what do they call it? Uh, there's one where you have to run and grab a flag on a beach. Right. So it's a button bashing thing where you just have to yeah. run as fast as you can and grab the flag before the other girl. And then there's the pool hopping, which is you timing on a big lily pad things, right? Yeah, pressing button. Press. There's climbing, which is just quick time events uh, as you climb yeah. a wall. Uh, there is tug of war, which is pulling. The, obviously the, yeah, yeah, the rope yeah, yeah. in your right. direction yeah. making sure you don't fall off uh, but everything takes place within days if you think back to the original Dead Alive Extreme if you're very familiar with it that you do so many things a day you do your morning activity, you do your afternoon activity evening activity and that's the day over and then you're only on the island for so many days and you try, your goal is to try and be friendly with the girl I guess yeah. as you can I don't know what the payoff there is. I think, you know, if you make a lot of money, you can get a special ticket to watch a special scene where the girl dances. I think that is one of the uh, objectives. Okay. But it is uh, just quite fun because it's got that summary feel. It's got very simple mini games. It looks nice. Uh, yeah, the, the volleyball is still the main draw, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, that was the weird thing for me is that this kind of have they dropped it from the title? Is it called? Is it still called Extreme Volleyball, or is it just called Extreme? I think it's 3? called Just Dead Alive Extreme Three. This one's called it Scarlet. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know, um, like, if I if I were to see it cheap, like I I own the first. It'll never be cheap. I don't think. I th- I think it would be in Japan. Like I, oh, in Japan I think, it I would. If you, yeah. If you walk around in a second-hand store in Japan, you could probably pick it up in like a book off or something for relatively cheap. Like that was that would be the only way I would get it. I wouldn't pay full price for it. Like I think I played a bit of the second one. Like I I picked them both up because I've seen them for bugger all in flea markets. Well, but... if you're interested in trying it, it's if you go and make a Hong Kong account. And then you can download a free version where you can only play as Kasumi and you can't go to the casino and you can't do various other things. But okay. you can play the core game, but only as Kasumi. Okay. And you can't give gifts to any other girls, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. So, it, yeah. I don't know, man. I probably <laughs> won't, if I'm being honest. Like I have very nostalgic memories of the first one. Uh, I used to play it on the Xbox and re- play it with my own music, you know, the ripped yeah. CDs to the, and I listened to a lot of Flaming Lips while playing uh, Dead Alive Extreme beach, beach Volleyball. And, you know, I just felt, oh, I want to take that nostalgia trip. Let's see what the new one's like. And it is very much more of the same. There's no yeah. jet skis like there was in the second one, though. Okay. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in a quiet taste, but, uh, you know, I've I've always enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I would be curious to play it, but again, I don't want to pay thirty quid for it. And then the, the well, to a bit more than thirty, very stripped down. Yeah, it's, more it's than about okay. forty-five. Yeah, then I'm definitely not interested, <laughs> man. Like that sounds a bit too much for that game. I would Hey-o. agree. So I, I picked up two games from the library actually that are completely different, but also very difficult games. Um. I started playing a bit of Tales of a Tiny Planet. Oh, never heard of that one. Neither had I. Um, It's from a a studio called Pixel Split. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll give this a go. This looks kind of interesting. And from what I'd seen in the trailer and what is on the back of the box, it says 84 varied levels, six lovingly designed worlds, skillfully manipulate your environment uh, in this physics puzzle game to guide a small planet safely through dimensional portals from galaxy to galaxy. And essentially what it is, from what I've played of it so far, is there is a small planet with a smiley face on it and you have the ability by pressing the A button to manipulate the the platforms around it. So, mm-hmm. some t- like whenever you're holding A, it manipulates all of the platforms at once. 
Mm-hmm. So sometimes that means lowering or raising a platform. It can be mean like bouncing the the platform up and down rapidly to spring mm. the ball up. Or it can be like there are like L-shaped ones where the ball can nest in and then you have to skillfully maneuver that and time it with the other platforms. The first couple of levels, I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. It's got the, the whole three-star scale of how quickly you can do the level. And I was like, I did the first level and I got one star. I was like, hmm, I, fe- I felt I did that pretty fast. Okay, I'll, I'll do that again. Mm. And so I did it. And then I got two stars. I was like, I I did that in time, surely. Like, that was... I, I did that in, like, less than six seconds. And then I looked again. I was like, oh, well, I need, I need to get under that. And so, like, literally, you would have to click the button really fast and move the things, like, perfectly. I was like, this is not going to be the casual game I thought it is. Mm. And, yeah, I got to level 10. And by the, the time I was at level 10, I was like, okay, this, this game is not what I need it to be. This game will be way too frustrating. It's kind of like, it's a simple puzzle game, but I can imagine it being, like, Meat Boy quite quickly. Yeah. That you were in at Steam. Yeah, and that happened very fast, if I'm being honest with you, because I did 10, 10 of these 80-odd levels, and I was like, this just seems... I don't know, it, it just seems on the wrong side of difficult. Yeah. Like, when you look at the... If you were to Google the, the packaging, it's a very cutesy aesthetic. It looks like a very simplistic <laughs> game, and that's kind of what I was hoping for. And then when I actually played it, and for it to not be that, and for it to be really challenging from the off, like there was one, there was one level where I had like these L-shaped things. Yeah. There were. God, how do I describe it? Right. So there was, there were like what? There was one I had to like move to like flick the ball off the end of it and like time it so the ball rolls to the end of the ramp and then I could flick it to get it to go at an angle. Then I had to quickly hold A to catch it in a cup and then lower it quickly enough that it would hit the edge of another platform, and then use the momentum of the L-shaped thing. I then caught it in again to flick it off a wall and into the yeah. into the galaxy and I was like this is really full on and you've hardcore ten... physics based puzzles hardcore physics based puzzles also timed so you can't yeah. even like mess it up which adds another yeah. level timed of in to a it. sort of trackmania style you've got to get it perfect yes and in a hey you have a little like 3 2 1 counter above your head like just so you know oh i've messed this up yeah it does sound the, a bit stressful i i just wasn't what i was expecting and like i was i'd seen the cutesy aesthetics and to be honest with you i was expecting something a bit more yeah. on par with thomas was alone okay. and that it would it would be it would be cutesy aesthetics, it would be physics puzzles, but like it would be at a relatively slow pace and it would be relatively chill and the game wasn't that, unfortunately. So I, I ended up turning it off. I I doubt I will go back to it. It's also a very interesting thing because sometimes with these library games, you if you get lucky, you can redeem the Nintendo points. Yeah. And so I tried to do that and it was like, oh, the, the points on this game card have expired. And I was like, I didn't realise that was a thing. Oh, right, if you don't, um, if you don't collect them. them. within a certain amount of time of the game being published, then they expire. Wow, I did not know that. I did uh, not either. Yeah. I, as we were talking about that, I was starting to think of myself about other puzzle games that I've enjoyed, which aren't too stressful, but in a nice little challenge. Uh, Coral, Rim, Coral Rimpa. Coral Rimpa. Do you remember that one? On the Wii, it was a maze game where you control a cute little ball around... Uh, Around a maze. No, I um, don't. That, that's, a, that's a good fun game. Now, I don't know if there's anything similar on the Switch. There's also the Mercury game, if you've ever played any of them, where you yeah. uh, control the blobs of Mercury and yeah, get yeah, them into yeah, the yeah. goals. No, I, know that, those games. I like I like those ones quite a bit too. Of course, if we're going to talk about puzzles at games, there's so many, but they're sort of like um, environment-based puzzle things. Um, yeah, exactly. Those I are two can't... that I really quite like. I just want chill puzzles, man. Like that's that's my that's my jam. I've heard really good things about good Sudoku on on the App Store. Like the 
there's a, a very competent Sudoku game out there, and it's like I, I just kind of feel like a bit of Sudoku, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I just want, I have an itch for a chill puzzle game that isn't too demanding of my time. I I was hoping for that with this, but I didn't get it unfortunately. I suppose actually now thinking about Korimpa is a lot like Monkey Ball, so it's not strictly as puzzly as perhaps the uh, kind of games you were, talking you were thinking. Ah, oh, fair enough. It's a, it's part part puzzle part uh, arcade style but it's a good okay. game um yeah something i'm thinking about recently matt yeah. and we touched on it briefly in our conversation about uh about game digital and physical it's i've bought a lot more uh digital games this generation and i kind of surprise myself when i think about how many i've i've picked up and that's a yeah. real change from the previous generation uh where you know i prim- primarily was buying uh physical games yeah. So why do you, why do you think that is? What what's it's well I I'm trying to think is it they're, they're cheaper I think and they're more accessible. Right. And so you've got I'm, more hard drive space? Perhaps? I mean you you were a stickler for your hard drive like and how much you can fit on it. So I'm quite surprised to hear you say that you've been buying more digital games. I have It depends on the game and and the yeah. type of game. If it's like a game like we're talking about, like puzzle games and such, it's like, well, I'd rather have that digital than physical. I have no need to physical. I, I prefer just to be able to, especially on the Switch, just play it without having to put in a cartridge. Yeah, and to be honest with you, like, since having Animal Crossing as a a digital game, yes, it is slightly a pain in the ass because sometimes I would like to, I would like to play the game and like start a new island but i can't do that now on my other switch because the version i have is a digital copy which is locked to the animal crossing switch i have yeah well Uh, yeah there are some issues for sure there are some issues with it in games like that but to be honest with you generally speaking like i'll buy a game digitally just because it's quite cheap i uh, there was a point in time where Digital games would come out and I would purposely wait for them to become physical or in the case of like Tetris Effect, I would buy I would buy the physical version from a region that had it. Rather yeah, well than... I did that. I bought it yeah. from France. But you know that's an interesting one, but that's because I collect Tetris games. So I had yeah, to no, get Tetris that, physically. Yeah, you wanted to get it physically. But yeah. like, I did it because I was like, I want the disc. Yeah. I'm I'm becoming less about yeah. that disc life, Tom. Like I It's don't also really space. Care. I found since moving to a small flat not that I've ever lived well, we lived in quite a, a big flat uh, did, <laughs> at yeah. one time. But yeah, my flat doesn't really have uh, the room to keep all these games. At the moment, all my import and PS one import, PS two and PS one import I can't really get to them. I have to keep them in the wardrobe in boxes. Yeah. And I just have to take out the few I think I might want to play. Yeah. You know, so it is an issue having games on disc uh, unless you get rid of the boxes. And yeah. I can't ever bring myself to get rid of the I boxes. I have seen people do that and like gone to flea markets and they've literally all of the all of the things are gone, like all of the boxes, yeah. all the manuals and then it's just like a PS1 games in a case. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess There's an easy solution. Yeah, yeah, that's the easy solution. Just sod off all the boxes and stick them in some sort of a wallet, CD wallet thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, my fr- good friend Gareth did, and uh, then I took all his boxes, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> so now you got twice the boxes. Just in case, you know, when you buy a pre-owned game that's in a rough state, you might want a spare box. Dreamcast, especially. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those hinges are not very reliable. But of course, you can't do that with uh, Super Nintendo boxes because they're, they're, you know, not no. interchangeable. Or no, they're um, not. N sixty four boxes, Game Boy boxes, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think there's something to be said about digital. It's it's a nice option to have, and yeah, I have found myself buying a lot more lately because I'm caring less. When you've got a large physical game collection, as I'm yeah. lucky enough to have quite quite a lot of physical games, I think you reach a point where you start to think, you know, one thing is, do I need any more games to play? Yeah. <laughs> and if I need any more games to play, I don't need them to take any more space up, so I'll just get them. Uh, digitally, unless the game is a huge game that you know is going to take up what near enough a hundred gigabytes on your hard drive. But the yeah. thing is, with that though, that the games take up as much anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because the, the the switch is yeah. different though. I think still, 
Um, it is. I'm sure yeah, if I was sure. getting Dead or Alive Extreme 3 on the Switch, the majority of the data will be held on the cartridge where it would have to install something, but it wouldn't have to install what the uh, 4 gig needed to install. Yeah, exactly. Potentially. So Switch is actually a little bit different, but again, Switch is the console. I like to have um, them digitally rather than physically. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's an odd thing. Like, I I have quite a few Switch games, and to be honest with you, like, since my purchase of the Switch, I tend to buy things on Switch rather than on PS4 if it's a smaller really? title. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I find they're more expensive on Switch if I buy them on PS4. <laughs> well, I mean, don't get me wrong. If it's downloads, generally speaking, this, the I'll wait for a sale on either console and pick them up there. By the yeah. way, the Konami collections, so Contra, Castlevania, yes, and the arcade collection familiar. are currently on sale, if you haven't seen. Yeah, I picked up... You see, I think I've got all the ones I want. I think I've got Castlevania on the Switch, uh, Gradius, the ones with Gradius. I know it's yeah. not strictly a Gradius collection. It's arcade and then. yeah. Yeah, and then the uh, Contra one on PS4. So I've got two of them PS4 and one of them on Switch. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them up on the PS4 at the end of the month. I just saw them and was like, oh, I wouldn't mind playing Gradius because I've I've been playing R-Type, obviously for the. It's so yeah, hard the first Gradius, you know, going to that. It's ridiculous. Even it's, on the Game Boy, it's nice. Yeah, it's really hard. It's tough, tough game. Yeah, I, yeah, going, going. I I I think it's eight. We are getting older, and I think the idea of having a big collection and all that doesn't really appeal to us anymore because we have one. And I think yes, yes, I have a have one. I know you've been saying for years that you want to slim down your collection. Yeah, absolutely, and I I still do. And that, to be honest with you, that's one of the main reasons I don't buy things. Like because you can't play them all. You can't, can't play more, honestly, especially it's... if they're big uh, story-driven adventure games. You know, if they're fighting games or puzzle games, to me that's a bit different. Yeah, yeah. Or sure, yeah, because they're, they're games you can probably find the time to play through or just dip in and out of. Now, exactly. if you want to experience the full game, say if it's Assassin's Creed, uh, what was Odyssey. it? Odyssey. Odyssey. Origins, I was thinking of because I picked that up recently, and I'm thinking to myself. Why did I bother? It was 10 quid, but, you know, am I ever going to play through that game? (laughs) I still haven't played through Black Flag or Syndicate, which I also own. Yeah. I I beat both of those games, but I think the the new style Assassin's Creed games are on in a world of their own. Like, they're they're 50, 60 hour games, and that to me just... I don't know, like Ghost of Tsushima seems like it could be quite long, and I'm, I'm just doing all the bits in it. But like I said... For me, it's a I'm gonna sit down and chill out with a video game for an hour because I can I can quite easily pick up and play it in a way that yeah. I I don't know if I would be able to with like Yakuza. With Yakuza, I'm I want to play through all the story, and it's just the narrative doesn't drive me enough to like rush to complete it. And I'm not got the usually when I play open world games, I, I get a level of open world fatigue. Like I did this with The Witcher, I did mm. also did this with Breath of the Wild where. I get a feeling that when I'm playing the game, the story is so compelling and I want to see what happens in the story. Less so with Breath of the Wild, admittedly. The story there is not that great. But like, I, I get to a point where I'm like, I could literally just spend like another couple of months just going through this open world and doing everything, or should I just beat this game and move on to something else? And like, It comes to yeah. a crunch time where I decide to do that, and like with The Witcher, I did where I was like, I've experienced a lot of these side stories. I know the flavor of this world. Mm. I'm just going to complete this yeah. game now. It's like these games don't need to be so long. <laughs> no, don't why is this? Be... Why developers feel like they need to make them so long? Because this is the thing, Tom Parry. People aren't in the same privileged position as us. Also, people don't have a podcast, I guess. How generally people experience games is they pick up one game... Yeah. and then they play it for a couple of months. Like That's, that's you know, true, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got too many games. It's like we've done this to ourselves. We have absolutely, and I mean, like, there's ne- there's never been a time where creating video games has been so accessible, and so like people are producing games at a more rapid pace now, and that yeah. is producing interesting things. But it's also the way our society currently is, and the way I culture think there's room, currently is. is room for both. Are afraid of missing out. 
yeah. there's room for these short let's have some shorter story driven games so people like us can play in but then yeah let's still have the other ones you know if if you just do focus on one game at a time and don't have a stupidly large collection like you know we've ended up with then that's also fine uh, exactly. But yeah, just have that that choice, and maybe more story driven games coming out that you can finish in a shorter time for those people like us who yeah want to play a lot, who love talking about games, yeah, who want who want to kind of experience different things. I'd be fine with episodic games, also like that. yeah, we, went, yeah, we sure. went away from that. But I honestly, I thought that was a model that worked quite well. I liked playing Kentucky Route Zero when that first came out because it was like okay, I play it for an hour. And then it's done. And then I'll I'll play the next bit when that comes out. Like it, I think it's a good, I think it's a good model. And when we, I'm kind of sad that people have kind of gone away with from. I think kind of Telltale botched that mm. a little bit by releasing so many of the the Telltale games. Yeah, I mean if yeah, if the price is right, you know, for a portion of a game, you buy that, you buy the next, and yeah, that's that's okay, I guess. Or you could just get the whole thing together and just play it at your own pace. I mean, no, that's true. The, yeah, yeah. The other option. That's kind of how I play Yakuza. Yeah. Uh, also. Um, one thing, before we, we wrap up, I don't know sure. if there's anything else you want to talk about, Matt, but this is something I've just realised I haven't mentioned, and I probably should. Fancy Star uh, Online 2. Yes. Snuck out, I think a couple of weeks ago. I hadn't realised until this weekend uh, where I downloaded it. It's free to download. And for fans of the original Fancy Star Online, there's a lot to uh, appreciate here. Uh, I can tell you a little bit about my first hour with it, uh, which okay. was uh, familiar, overwhelming. Um, I think I like it, but there's so much it throws at you. And one one menu screen in that game is like, what should I be looking at right now? <laughs> so I felt when I played Final Fantasy uh, 14 for the first time. Yeah, that, that you could... The potential to get so deep into that game, as someone who was chatting to me on the uh, on the chat was someone obviously been playing it for quite some time, and was going into a lot of detail about things, and I was like, I don't know, I what you, you're talking about? Uh, cool. Obviously, there's a lot to this, uh, but I'm just trying to kind of get to grips with it. It's core. It's relatively simple. What you go through an area, you kill the enemies. That's how it was on the Dreamcast, isn't it? Maybe you get a big boss enemy, you kill that, you move on. But uh, yeah, yeah, it it looks like a, a game that was released many years ago, which is the case. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think that they've made any graphical improvements to it. I'm not sure. I, it didn't look like it. No, they since haven't. it was originally and released. From... So after we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I I did a bit of research. The thing they showed in that Xbox. Yeah event was essentially like PSO 2-2 and that's oh, right. what they're doing and they will much like Destiny 2 did they will be releasing a game and your character will carry over but like your gear and stuff won't, it'll just be aesthetic and so okay. I would say it's probably worth waiting for the release of that which I think is the beginning of next year and from the sounds of things is kind of like when they rebooted Final Fantasy 14 is that they've realized that all of this content exists and all these things happened and you can still play that you'll still be able to like run those raids but to continue playing PSO2 you will have to move to this new version of the game okay so that would explain why they they're giving this away for free basically yeah they're trying to get you into it into it and so when the new one comes out you, you'll really want to go yeah, yeah. all out for that one yeah that's a well it's a very good good plan and maybe why they snuck this out without much um Fanfare, marketing yeah i think so because why invest in the marketing for this game? Because it's not considered to be as important as the other. But no. yeah, no. If if you do get into this, so you are going to buy the other. So it it'll be good to at least let people know that it's on the available on the horizon. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, Tom, I think if you are playing PSO two, you've probably. I think a lot of the people, admittedly yourself being an exclusion, you will probably, if they're aware that it's on there, they probably will know it was coming and probably be up on some of this mm, stuff. Because it's a hardcore, a hardcore audience Community following PSO2 before it even came out here. Like, I remember people I used to play PSO with on the GameCube and Dreamcast had a... 
had like obviously all of these like translation hacks and patches and things and we were like oh my god we should all play PSO2 when that came out I was like ah oh, sorry guys I don't have a PC but I, I've heard rumblings I've heard a couple of messages from a, a few of those people who were still playing that game but mm. a lot of them have moved on to Final Fantasy 14 to be honest so oh is that where it's at Matt is that where it's at now Final Fantasy 14 is where it's at Tom TM oh I'm not cool oh, god, I, um, I almost but for me without doing that stupid joke sorry yeah for me, I was going to say this is quite exciting because I never got to play the original Fantasy Star online. Online. Oh, really? I wasn't I... connected to the internet with my Dreamcast at all. And then the only multiplayer I've ever experienced is playing it split screen on the GameCube. Yeah. Uh, so I was very eager to get into working with some other people and playing it. However, yeah, of course, within the first hour, it's more learning uh, the game and it's a you know forced sort of tutorial section where you're teamed with this over enthusiastic AA, AI character who keeps insisting on calling you mate after every sentence. Oh, yeah, I, I get that. Like, he, He's he like, about All right, mate, no need to look around. It's me who's talking to you, mate. When I said mate, I was talking to you, mate. And yeah. it's like, Jesus Christ. And yeah. then they introduce another character after that who's a little bit more appealing. Uh, okay. And you, you finish off that first uh, sort of training mission, uh, the three of you, before, you know, going to collect another mission. And I guess the only thing I can compare it to is is Destiny, I suppose, because it's similar, isn't it? You've got yeah, that. it is. It's similar, I guess, to any MMO. Uh, but having very little experience with MMOs, uh, this was like, oh, yeah, I remember this from playing Fa- Fantasy Star Offline. Yeah, and that now, uh, yeah, this does remind me of when I used to play Destiny online. You know, yeah, you I, go I, and collect your missions, and you, yeah, uh, you go do... potch around with people. No, I I played a lot of PSO. I I played so my mate had it on the Dreamcast, and I would we would like take turns playing his Rawcast, like when we used to play it, like because I I loved that game, but I didn't have a Dreamcast. Then this game came out for the GameCube. I immediately got it. I regret not buying the broadband adapter back then because that's a, a spicy meatball now. It's a very pricey thing. Did you GameCube. have it a modem connection? I had then? the modem connection, yeah. Oh. 56k hookup because we didn't have broadband at the time. Um, and I played that game to death. We played a lot of that game uh, with the community that I joined to play final fantasy 11 so i played a lot of pso 1 and 2 online i didn't i never bought the card battle game pso 3 yeah i i picked that up but i i never really played i, ne- I never played it honestly like um a lot of my a lot of my friends who were on it moved on but, but i think i was playing i was either playing wow or no i wasn't i was playing star wars galaxies i think playing some MMO with Wow, people, you're like, an MMO kind of guy. I've I, never really I got like into like MMOs. Them. Like, I, I yeah. think the idea of playing a massively multiplayer online game is really cool. I just... Mm. It's also a time sink is the issue with playing MMOs. So, like, that's why I I have Final Fantasy fourteen still as a subscription. I, I log on, like, once a week and play, like, half an hour, but, like, nothing worth mentioning just because I'm trying to get through to get to the, the near raids and stuff, but... Yeah, yeah. It it's is. so funny, isn't it, that when Destiny came along, it introduced, I think, MMOs to a, a bigger yeah, audience sure. through through the genre of first person shooter. It became even more accessible, I think, yeah. to 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 people. It did um, but yeah, what I like about Fantasy Star though is I love the music and I love the character designs and the monster yeah, designs and such, and that really makes me want to play the game. Yeah, to be in that world um, with that design, I would say that this looks a bit washed out. Something about the way that the colours appear on screen is not as vibrant as the um, yeah. Dreamcast games, which I found a little bit disappointing, but. Uh, Still, you know, the design is uh, is great. It's the the main thing, yeah. I I love the way that like our casts look. Those robots are so damn cool. Like all of all of the casts, the cases. Like I like. The, I can't remember what the the mages are called, but they're also really nice. I play as uh, I would play as the hunter character, the standard guy yeah. with the sword, because that's what I used to do on the the original when I was playing it by myself. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's quite a relaxing game to play by yourself. At least those ones were. We used the to pace play it of local this... co-op, actually. Yeah, 
we've played yeah, four well, times on the machine. GameCube. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I took it online and I realised how much easier it was to level online. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. I can't play this in co-op anymore. I'd say this one feels a bit faster paced than the Dreamcast ones, which come, I guess you expect. Because I, to be fair, like you are, you are missing a stepping stone in between this, which is Universe, which is the one that came out in the 360, which I played as well. Oh yeah, I forget about that one. Yeah, that that was annoying because I played that game for a couple of months and I forgot about it, and so like it would it just kept taking subscription fee out, and I didn't realize for a long time. And then when I finally oh, cancelled it, it was a pain in the ass to do. So. I don't have bad. Oh dear. I don't well, no subscription fee on this one. So, if you're curious about playing a Fantasy Star Online game, then uh, check it out. I might um, do. It. I would have to get Xbox Live, and to be honest, with you, I don't know. Oh yeah, how my Xbox works. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, but unless it's coming out on PS4, isn't it? It's just not available yet. Just not available yet is my understanding of it. I'm not sure if the the new version of it though will be exclusive to Xbox. I was trying to figure that out because I wouldn't have yeah, myself if I was wrong. It's... But available in other territories on the ps4 i think just yeah, japan i think it's only been launched it was launched in the us for pc and xbox a while ago is that right yeah i think so and then just more recently in europe it's come out for um it's probably because they have to PC. get all the like the support and stuff up for it you know like yeah yes uh with final fantasy 14 there's a different european support to us support and stuff it makes sense it's different regions. yeah yeah that's it so um yeah, if you do have the means, Xbox Live, Xbox One, Give it a go. you can play yeah. it. Or on the PC, yeah. I mean, a lot of people play PC. I've never been a PC gamer, so... Uh... No. But I think you can cross-play between different versions. Your character, I think you can use... Um, same when you make an Xbox, you can make on PC, use on PC, yeah. I think. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Okay, well, thank you for filling me in. The PSO2 is there. Thank you for putting a potential <laughs> vice in my, in my path, Tom Parry. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, you, you, I guess you're busy with Final Fantasy, so maybe it's not something I, that you need in your busy, life. Busy with Final Fantasy is a bit of a stretch. I've, I've toned back my playing in that game a lot because it was it was very it was very good at the start of lockdown, especially when. But I was is sick, but. you know, Fantasy Star Online to anything different than you've ever played, other than you know Probably the unique not. visuals and you know the presentation. It's the I mean, same sort of thing. Yeah, I'll wait until the update. I think if they've streamlined a lot of that content, maybe that'll be worth checking out. But uh, I think I'll give it a miss for now. Okay, Tom, mm. I need to wrap up this podcast as usual. Uh, there are pressing engagements that need to be got to. You're a very you know, busy man, Matthew. So it goes. But we've also been in people's ears for an hour now. So let's let's give them a break too. Let's get out of their ears. We're going to just remove us ourselves from your ears right yeah. now. That means that you'll be free to do whatever you want to do. Exactly, as well. such as uh, finding us in a variety of social media <laughs> platforms instead, such as on facebook.com forward slash Attack, on blastprocess.com, on tomamattattack.com forward slash podcast, where you can listen to the podcast as well as in iTunes and Stitcher. While you're there, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? I don't know what this accent is. I just got a cat being very cute in front of me and he distracted me, so my brain slipped into accents. Don't know how that works. Going to keep going with it, though. You can also find us on Twitter at TMACast. Tom is at TomParry11. I am at GameBoyle. Tom, is there any more for any more coming out on the Blast Process YouTube channel this week? <laughs> Uh, if, you, if you're very curious, you can check out my Nintendo Switch collection in a recent video I posted over at uh, Blast Process. You can also see me play Fantasy Star Online. Uh, my live stream of that will be going up. And also, if you've been following my adventures in Shenmue 3, you can also keep up to date with that over at the Blast Process YouTube channel. Cool, the gang. Uh, nothing for me, uh, Game Boy-wise, this week. I'm plugging away at Shmup Timber stuff, so again, I'm trying to get in front of that. Pretty much, I've, I've beaten R-Type on Game Boy, which is a fantastic game. But I, Now, I I'm very familiar with R-Type DX for the Game Boy Color. That yep. was my second Game Boy game I had, I think, yeah. after Pokemon Blue. Oh, interesting. I never owned mm. DX at the time. I got it later, mm. but... I remember getting it from uh, Curry's. It is a bargain bundle. It's got not only has it got a color remake of the original R type, but it's got the original R type one and two yes. in it, which I didn't realize. I thought That's it was right. a, your it's usual packed. black cart affair of like packed if you plug it into a regular Game Boy, it'll be black options. and white. Yeah, and both good. those games play very well in Game Boy. Right? They do, and R type yeah. two is quite an expensive cartridge, so I was quite That's surprised it. to see it lumped in there because I would have thought yeah. that would have made the value drop a bit. But hey, so it goes. Okay, um, 
yeah, there will be no podcast for two weeks. Am I? Am yeah, I I'm. That? I'm unable to do it. Unfortunately, we're on a bit of a holiday. I haven't had one for a long while. So, uh, yeah, I won't have um, the. I won't be available to yeah. to do it. I'm afraid. But so uh, yeah, we'll be back. Don't don't you worry. Yeah, exactly. At least we're giving you notice this time, whereas usually we're like, oh no, sorry, we just don't not going to put out a podcast for two weeks. So I thought we should get in front of that. Yeah. Tom Parry, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy your vacation, and Thank I will you. see you when you get back. I'm sure I will have more Ghosts of Tsushima to tell you about. Oh yeah, I don't <laughs> know what I'll be playing. Probably some handheld stuff, I imagine. Yeah. It's Depends if where I'm going, I bring any consoles with me. Maybe probably the Switch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give it a go let us know okay um thank you everybody out there in listening land and again tom parry thank you very much and as always everybody be sure whether it's physical or digital to game on game on I'm going back to my parents. I've got a load of games consoles there.